Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back to Key 3 Educators. I am so delighted that you are with me today. We are going to continue from our last episode with our guest, Sadie Elliott, with the Herzog Foundation. Sadie has introduced us to the phenomenal trainings that this organization provides for Christian schools and Christian home educators and organizations, and there's so much there that we're going to continue with that conversation today. Before we dive in, if you haven't already signed up for the Three Keys newsletter, hey, you need to hop on over and do that. You can just go to key3educators.com, sign up for the newsletter that's right there, check out some of the other resources. And you are not going to regret that because, you know, it's only one idea or piece of information that can make all the difference between what's good, what's better, and what's absolutely best. And sometimes it's just needed because there's a problem to solve. All right, let's jump in and we're going to pick up with part two of my conversation with Sadie Elliott with the Herzog Foundation. One of the things I love is, and um, just the concept of this, and that's one of your trainings that has to do with culture building. So I love to talk about the culture and the, the human dynamics that create the culture of an organization. So talk to us about culture building training. Yes. I mean, I think uh, everybody's probably heard the the phrase, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast right? Uh, you can have the best strategy, the best business model, the best, uh, you know, economic engine for your school. Um, but if we don't get the culture piece right, uh, then then we're not actually going to see uh, that the result of our mission and of our work. And I think that that is even elevated in the the school system or when you're trying to produce a certain um, certain types of virtue in your own students, uh, right? That is directly tied back to, are they seeing that lived out um, from the adults, from the role models around? And so, you know, I'll admit to you, the culture training for me was probably the hardest one to design because oftentimes it feels very 30,000 foot level right we can all talk about what it is we can all say when it's bad or when it's good but you can't necessarily put your finger on why that is and so what we've tried to do with a few really incredible partners is help schools identify what are those pillars that really um, drive employee engagement and employee satisfaction at your schools and so uh, to name a couple of those one of our coaches is jason rachels out of fort lauderdale florida uh, he leads, uh, I believe, the largest Christian school in the country. Uh, there are nearly 3,000 students over three campuses and just have an incredible culture, which is really impressive when you're that large over multiple campuses. So he came alongside of us to help design this. And then um, along the way, we met uh, our friends at Best Christian Workplaces. Uh, if you're familiar with their work, but this is what they do. They survey Christian organizations across the country and help them diagnose uh, areas of improvement for their culture. And then um, thirdly, the third coach that really helped us design this, her name is Stephanie Talbert. She's a head of school out of uh, uh, Sulphur, Louisiana. 
And she just, she wrote a book called Shattering the Box of Christian Education. And she is just um, a fireball when it comes to culture and to employee engagement and really listening uh, to your team. And so uh, the culture training has been a wonderful addition to our core trainings because it really does um, affect every training that we run. By the way, I've read Stephanie's book, and so I, I can recommend that. And I haven't met her personally, but just from her book, I can imagine that, that she's a fireball of, of energy. And I think yes. that um, I like the fact that you've addressed culture and acknowledging that when it comes to things like donor development and marketing and boards, there's a certain concreteness to all of that that makes it, I think, easier for us to wrap our minds around. We have a donor, we, we're going to have a, a dollar amount, or we're going to have connections or some sort of relationship. When you get to culture, it's a little bit like trying to grab a hold of the wind. You know when the wind's blowing, you know when it's still, but how do I actually, how would I define when to someone who had never experienced it? And so, mm -hmm. and yet it is so incredibly important because it's not just about are our employees happy, it's about are we having the processes? Do we have the character and the communication so that we're actually going to achieve our, our mission? But one of the things I have found is sometimes we can think that because we are well-intentioned, then it's somehow just going to follow that results are going to line up because we're so sincere and well-intentioned. And mm -hmm. I have learned that intentionality is insufficient. We have mm -hmm. to have effective ways to communicate and to clarify expectations. And one of the things that I think is unique for schools and education in general is it's not a one and done because every single year you basically end up having an entirely new organization because you end up with students move. And I don't mean they move out of the school system, they transition to a different grade. You have new students coming in. You may have new teachers coming in. And so the importance of culture isn't just something that is there and then, okay, we got it, we're good. It's such an integral part of an ongoing process that requires intentionality. So I'm really happy to see that Herzog Foundation recognized this and sounds like has brought in some amazing people who've lived this out, boots on the ground, right? And yes. are able to help equip other um, schools to, to do that well. Absolutely. And I think, too, when it comes to culture, um, oftentimes we say, you know, I hear leaders say, oh, that would be a great training to attend, but I'll, I'll wait for a better time, right? Um, it's busy right now or whatnot. And, you know, I think what we don't realize is there is a direct economic impact to, uh, to poor culture. So when you think about it, when you think about uh, student retention, uh, employee retention, but even if we have disengaged employees, uh, you can do the math on that based on their salaries to say, okay, if we have disengaged employees who, um, you know, are probably giving us about 60% of the value and we're, we're paying this much a year, um, you can see the impact on your bottom line from, from, uh, from an unhealthy culture. And so we help leaders kind of open their eyes to Culture isn't the, cannot be this afterthought. It actually has to be the first thing that we address 
uh, when we're talking about healthy schools that are God honoring um, and that are actually going to see sustainable growth, right? And so uh, we're seeing an influx of families for Christian education right now, which is amazing, but it's going to be the health of the school um, and the the satisfaction of teachers that's actually going to drive sustaining uh, that growth over time. So I want to follow up just a little bit on that because one of the um, people groups in an organization that has is is going to be tremendously impacted by culture, and they have a part to play in this, but it's not at the same level of influence per se as your leadership. And I mean leadership in the very broad sense, but that's the students. And so mm-hmm. students are going to be tremendously impacted by the culture. And so if you have a, a teacher who's struggling there, you know, for whatever reason, that's absolutely going to come out in the impact on the students. But boy, that is something that is incredibly hard to quantify. And one of the things that I have experienced is that parents oftentimes just decide they're going to kind of write it out because they'll kind of think, well, my kid only has six more months in that classroom. So I don't want to bring something up or well, they've only got two years left for graduation. Let's just kind of, you know, grind our teeth and we'll just kind of get through it. And the the recognition is, okay, but um, what about the next students? And so parents mm-hmm. don't have that responsibility always for the next students, but it does become even more important for the leadership to really pay attention to how is our culture actually doing because of that kind of conveyor belt system that's just built into education. So what would you say, um, you mentioned the, um, the issue with teachers who maybe aren't engaged. Can you just speak to, you know, say there's a, a school administrator right now who's saying, oh, I don't know. I, I think we have a pretty good culture, but I don't know. What are some things that you would speak to to say, here's what you need to pay attention to in, in your organization? And maybe here's some keys to let you know, hey, this really would be the training that you don't want to put on the back burner. Yeah. So here's some food for thought on this uh, topic. I think a lot of times as schools, we think that our product is our student. Right, we have some portrait of a graduate where we say we want to graduate a student who thinks critically and loves Jesus and will lead the world to Christ, right? And we think that that's our product, right? That's what we're trying to produce. Um, But the reality of it is, is our product is the educational environment in which that student will build those virtues and build that character. And so I think uh, oftentimes, to your point earlier, we have well-intended people all in one organ, you know, in one building. How can that culture not be great? Um, but but the reality of it is, is we may have teachers who don't feel don't feel heard. Um, maybe we have teachers who aren't in the right seat. You know, um, we use that analogy from good to great. Oftentimes, it's about getting the right people on the bus, but it's also about getting them in the right seat on the bus. Um, And so it's really about listening to those teachers and um, our partners at Best Christian Workplaces have a flourish model of the eight kind of drivers for employee engagement. And in each sector that they survey, those eight factors are weighted differently, right? So things like inspiring leadership, rewarding compensation, um, 
factors like that. In some sectors, rewarding compensation is one of the highest drivers of employee engagement. Well, in the world of Christian education, you know, no one's getting into this for the fame or the money, right? Um, and so what you actually see is rewarding compensation is still important. And I don't want to gloss over that term um, because I do think that that's, that's a serious um, uh that's a serious hurdle that many Christian schools are having to to deal with right now. But actually on the scale of it, it's one of the lower uh, returns on investment. And so the biggest um, driver of employee engagement for the sector of Christian education is actually that inspirational leadership piece. Do you have a leader who's casting a vision? Do you have a leader who's making those teachers feel like they're an integral part of that work? Are you showing them the results of, of what, you know, of the time and quite frankly, the, the dollars that they're donating back to the school by taking a lower salary? And so it's really interesting to dive into, okay, when we think about these different facets of what drives culture, um, how what might we improve on, let's say, inspirational leadership? So in all of that, that was some great information. And I just want to point out to our listeners, just in case, you know, you were distracted as, as you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're listening, you know, while you're grading papers or, you know, whatever. Um, but there was a real gold nugget that you dropped there, Sadie. And I think it is so significant about the mindset. And that was when you were talking about the student is not the product the environment that that is created so that a student can learn and excel that's the product that is huge i mean that is that's mm -hmm. not just a little tweak that is a total mind shift in terms of what we are looking at as our product and that's going to go to how do we measure our quality and our effectiveness because anybody who knows has it has a simple formula on how we measure quality in education please contact me <laughs> yeah send it our way that, right? <laughs> um but there is not because we're dealing with with people and so many variables but when a person reframes that to say our product isn't the student who graduates at the end but it's the environment that we create for the students to come in that's a significant change in mindset and that can really reframe how a person assesses the quality of the education that they're actually able to provide so i think you could just do a whole training i'll just throw this in there maybe because you know herzog like already has all these trainings hey what's one more but maybe just one on all the mindset things you know to to be able yeah. to uh to look at and to evaluate and to walk through how does this actually play out in terms of how we're running our school so okay so let's go on so another one that you have is their strategic planning so talk to us about strategic planning yes oh i must admit to you this was the one i was least excited about <laughs> when we were originally designing uh, these five core leadership trainings. And I think that that, that was because um, I knew that a strategic plan is something that schools typically create in response to either a crisis or an accreditation process. And so as I explored what it means to uh, create an effective strategic plan, um, the Lord put some really incredible people in our path 
uh, to help us with these topics. And just to name drop two of them, because I think they would be a huge resource to anyone listening to this. Uh, Scott Barron with School Growth out of uh, the Atlanta area. Uh, this is his heartbeat. And uh, that, that mind shift that we were just talking about, Scott has been instrumental in helping me understand and articulate that. You know, he says, our, our calling as leaders in the educational uh, sector is to love and lead our educators. And I just love that simple term. So he just came out with a book called Love Him and Lead Him. Highly recommend that. And then Alan Pugh, Dr. Alan Pugh has been in the Christian education world for decades. He has books called Rethinking Sustainability in Christian Education and Rethinking Strategic Planning. And so um, by the grace of God, I got both of these gentlemen on a phone call one day and said, I want to do a, uh, a training on strategic planning. What, uh, what would you advise uh, us as ours, our foundation to do on this topic? And for a while, we talked about not calling it a strategic planning uh, training. Because really what we talk about is be is leading yourself strategically um, as that executive leader or as a people manager, financial manager, whatever that is, and setting up your organization in a way uh, that you have the kind of infrastructure in place to make strategic decisions and hold yourself accountable to that. And ultimately, at the end of the training, we talk through what a an effective strategic plan looks like. Um, but a strategic plan means nothing if uh, you check the box for an accreditation process and you put it on the shelf. So we really walk through um, what's your context as a as a school, as a homeschool. Who are you serving? Um, what is most important right now for your organization? How are you going to behave as an organization? Uh, we do this activity called a ten year mapping, where schools map any significant leadership or financial decisions or transitions in the last 10 years and it's really illuminating right we have to look at where we're coming from in order to uh, set a realistic strategy forward um, and so it's really become one of my favorite trainings uh, so to kind of tie a bow on that story where it was kind of uh, <laughs> last on my list and now it's one of one of my favorites because it's so tactical um, and again, we get a love on leaders and help them work through how they're structuring their own time um, as a leader in order to lead a strategic organization. Well, I love that. And I love your honesty there to say, to say, because I think that what you said there at the beginning probably would be resonate with a lot of people. It's like, right. planning. Oh, that sounds like I'm going to get my wisdom teeth pulled Ooh. out. Right. And <laughs> so, um, but being able to see that it's not just this dry thing that I have to do to fulfill some sort of requirement. Um, it's actually something that is integral and necessary to a sustainable organization, you know, and healthy organization over the long haul. So those are your five core trainings for leadership. Am, am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. And then, but you also have, we're not done yet, folks. There's, there's more to come. And hasn't this just been a wealth of information? There's just so much available there. So if you haven't already Visit the Herzog Foundation website at Herzog, H-E-R-Z-O-G, foundation.com, and you can get more information. You can sign up for the upcoming events. You can jump on and join their newsletter. And while you're there, hop on over to key3educators.com and sign up for the Three Keys newsletter and check out some of the other resources 
on the website there, including speaking engagements that I offer. All right, my friend, until next time, remember this. You have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.